Grace Church. It's great to uh, see you here this morning in person. I want to take some time to welcome all of you watching online. We are in part three of our series called Joshua. We're working through the book of Joshua. And um, today's message is a very important message. And, you know, to, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of on assignment this morning, I believe. I'm not going to be giving you a sermon I'm going to be delivering a message to you this morning. And those who are listening to the Spirit of the Lord will hear what He has to say to this house and to you this morning. The title of the message is Overcoming. And it's going to be a message that is uncomfortable for many of you. The reality is, is, is all of us want to be overcomers. All of us want to overcome the enemies that stand in our way of our preferred future or of our promised land. We all want to be overcomers. But most often, in order for us to enter the promised land, we first have to be changed. We have to be transformed. We have to be changed to experience the victory that God has for us. Now the nation of Israel is looking across the Jordan River, and remember, they're looking at going into the Promised Land, and the first city that they're going to have to uh, go to war with, that they're going to have to go to battle against, is the city of Jericho. But before they get to Jericho, so the, the nation of Israel, they cross the Jordan River, and they're on their way to Jericho, but before they get there, they go through a place called Gilgal. And in order for them to experience the victory, they first have to experience the change. They first have to be transformed. In Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 12, and I want to encourage you, you can read Joshua for yourself. If you don't have a Bible of your own, we would love to give you a Bible. But this morning, I'm going to just um, kind of tell it in story form, so that we can move, that way we can move a little bit quicker. But In Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 12, we see that the moment Israel is about to experience their biggest victory, their biggest breakthrough, they also experience their biggest crisis. Isn't it funny how sometimes it can be the best of times and the worst of times all at the same time? Isn't that funny how that can happen? Here they are, the nation of Israel, they're they're about to uh, possess the promised land, but they don't have the experience to match the opportunity that's in front of them. Sometimes you can miss a God-sized opportunity if you're not prepared for it. It's a terrible thing for for the door of, of opportunity to swing wide open and you're not prepared to walk through it. All the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt, they have all died off in the wilderness. Remember, they had been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, so all the men who were old enough to fight in battle are now dead. And what we see here in Joshua chapter 5 is a new, younger generation rising up. A younger generation that would not have been afraid to fight. Their fathers could fight. I mean, their fathers fought against the Amalekites and beat them half to death. But now they're getting ready to come against the mighty Jericho. 
Now, the city of Jericho uh, had the mighty walls around it, and these walls were so advanced. This city was so advanced in this day. This, the walls were so thick that they had chariots riding on the top of the walls. The walls were so thick that a chariot could ride around in the walls. These were not shabby walls. These were mighty walls. And the warriors of Israel, let's talk about the warriors of Israel. They're a bunch of farmers. They've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. They don't have the experience to go to war against Jericho. They didn't have the fighting experience to match the battle that stood in front of them. And they're about to fight the battle of a lifetime with no experience. And if that wasn't enough, they're at a place called Gilgal where God tells Joshua to get a flint stone and to sharpen it into a knife. And now this is where things get really uncomfortable, okay? Especially for the men in the room. The men that... God tells Joshua to circumcise all the men. Now the women here, they're still sitting comfortable, but the men are starting to squirm around a little bit, all right? It just got a little bit uncomfortable for the men here this morning. Circumcision is important in the Bible. Circumcision is a sign of the covenant. Circumcision means that I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a sign of the covenant or the sign of the promise that God made to his people. It's not the covenant. It's a sign or it's a picture of the promise that God gave. What it did is it gave distinction in the Old Testament between a covenant person and a non-covenant person. It started with Abraham, and Abraham bore in his body a sign that he was in covenant with God. So circumcision in the scriptures is, is quite important. In the New Testament now, okay, in the New Testament, the, the covenant or the promise of God is pictured through baptism. And all the men in the room said, Amen. All right. Praise be to Jesus. <laughs> Woo! All right. Circumcision, circumcision was a picture of the putting away of the filth of the flesh. The part that serves no real purpose. The part that has no reproductive properties in it. Just flesh. No life, just flesh. Now, (laughs) isn't it ironic how something that has no life in it can still cause so much pain? Maybe it's a relationship that has no life, but it still causes you so much pain. You know, it's hard to, to give up stuff, even... When the stuff you're giving up uh, um, are things that you don't need. You need to understand this about circumcision. In the Old Testament, circumcision was normally done by the father to the son. Okay, It was the father's responsibility to circumcise his son. And the text in Joshua chapter 5 takes the time to tell us the reason that Joshua, who was not their father, by the way, but it tells us the reason why Joshua had been given the task 
to circumcise all the men of Israel. It was because their fathers had died in the wilderness. And they died without having circumcised their sons. Now catch this, okay? Follow me. According to the scriptures, they should have been circumcised when they were eight days old. But when you don't get, when you, when you don't get what you should have gotten when you were a boy, it's so much more painful to go back as a man and try to fix a boy problem. And now Joshua's having to go back and fix what their fathers should have done. I can't tell you how many times in my 20 years of ministry experience I have encountered men who didn't get what they should have gotten when they were young, and they are trying to fix as men what should have been dealt with as boys, and it's chaos. Because their fathers did not do what they should have done. But the good thing about our God is that even if you didn't get what you should have gotten when you were a child, God has a way of making it up to you. God has a way of still coming through and delivering and redeeming and rescuing. I think there's someone in here, someone watching online who knows what I'm talking about. You might be thinking, man, I I didn't have a godly upbringing. I didn't have a, a good father figure to look up to, to speak into my life. My family was complete chaos, you know, it was just every day it just seemed like it was fighting a war, an endless war, but I made it anyway. Maybe, maybe you had to crawl sometimes, but you still made it. Maybe you had to deal with a lot of your own issues, but you made it anyway. You see, oftentimes God will bring someone into your life to replace what you didn't get when you should have gotten it. And I can't tell you how many stories I've heard where, man, a a child was in a, a, a broken family or a home that was completely godless and going the wrong way and Maybe that child was, was adopted or maybe that child was, um, you know, encountered a, a youth pastor or a, a Sunday school teacher or someone um, godly that started to speak into their life and started to care for them. And guess what? Their, their life began to take a different path and it began to take a path towards Christ. That's why we praise God. We praise him for his mercy. We praise him for his grace. The children of Israel were so close to the promised land and God said, I I can't let you go in yet. I can't let you go in in the shape that you're in. I need to bring you to Gilgal so I can fix some things that are broken in your life. I need to do a little surgery in your life and if you let me transform your life, the promised land awaits church, listen, hey, listen, you need to know this. Allowing God to fix stuff that's broken in your life, okay, getting spiritually healthy or even physically healthy, it hurts. 
It's going to be painful. Being angry is easier than saying, I'm sorry. Forgiving someone that hurt you is a harder step to take than holding on to bitterness. That's the easy route. Change in your life can be painful because flesh has to die. And even though you don't need it, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's painful. So they've come to Gilgal, and the place gets its name because of what happened. Gilgal means circle. It's the place where the circle of their flesh was cut away, and this cutting away came before their move into the promised land. It's the place where they recovered what they didn't get in their past. It's it's the place where God brought uh, the transformation needed from their broken past so they could be released to go into their future. But the problem now is this. They're hurting. (laughs) They're in pain. Scripture tells us that they stayed at Gilgal while they were healing over what they had lost. At a time when most preachers are telling you what God will give you, this morning I'm going to tell you what God will take from you. It's not a popular message, but there's stuff in your life that God will cut away. There's stuff in your life that God wants to transform, that God wants to change. You you can't encounter God, you can't have an encounter with Jesus Christ and remain the same. He brings change. He makes a difference in your life. Some stuff that you thought you would never lose, but it has to go in order for Him to do what He's about to do next in your life. Listen, God will not be your Santa Claus giving you more and more stuff to play with without cutting away what's standing between you and your real purpose. You and your promised land. There are some things that God will cut away. And listen, when the Lord cuts on you, it's a sign that something better is coming. It means that He cares about you. He means that he's focused on you. It means he wants you to be better and healthier and stronger. It means something better is coming. They got cut. They got hurt. They had to heal up because something better was coming. And so they've crossed the Jordan River. They're now in a place called Gilgal. They have officially crossed over into the promised land. And the next part of the text tells us when they were healed, they ate the corn of the promised land. Now, if you remember, they had been eating manna that God had been sending from heaven. In the wilderness, God was providing for them. God was feeding them manna from heaven. But the first time they ate from the corn of the promised land, the manna stopped. They got a taste 
of what was to come. They got a taste of what was in front of them. Have, have you ever experienced that in your life? Have you ever experienced when, when God just gives you a little taste or a sample of the good that is about to come in your life? I call it vision. You're not there yet, but you can see it. You're not there yet, but you can taste it. You can see the good that God has for you, the good that is about to come in your life. And I believe vision drives us onward. Vision keeps us moving forward. Listen, it's really hard to help people that have no vision. It's really hard to help people that cannot see anything that's to come. But listen, if you can see the invisible, if you can see the, the vision in front of you, you can do the impossible. You can move forward and do great and mighty things in the power of God. Listen, the moment they tasted the corn that was in front of them, the manna that they had been eating stopped. And I believe what God is trying to teach us this morning is when you taste where God wants you to be, you are no longer satisfied with where you are. When you taste where God wants you to be, you are no longer satisfied with where you are. You see, vision drives us forward. We're not here on this earth just to exist and then just die and then just turn to dust. We are here to do some things, to accomplish some things, to reach some people, to do good. You see, vision drives us forward, and without vision, the people perish. Without vision, the people continue to wander around in the wilderness, aimless, bickering, infighting, chaos. Let's make sure that we're all on the same page in the story that we're in here in Joshua. We have a bunch of young men who don't have the skills to match their situation. They are poorly equipped for where life is taking them. They're trying to be something that they don't know how to be. It's kind of like the, the little boy with his daddy's shoes on, right? And he's just clomping around with, the, with his daddy's shoes on. And he's playing a role. He's acting like something on the outside that hasn't yet quite happened on the inside, right? Isn't that what a lot of us do? A lot of us, we, we play a role. We act like something on the inside that isn't really happening on the inside. So God brings them to Gilgal so the inside can catch up to the outside. So they don't have the skills necessary to go forward, but they have the vision to go forward. They, they can see the invisible. They can taste what's to come. They have just undergone a painful surgery, to say the least, and there's been a change in their provision. Their provision is coming from someplace new. And God says, you have to make a choice. 
God is saying to you this morning, you have to make a choice. Either you go back to your old ways and you stay comfortable and you continue to wander around in the wilderness and you miss the opportunities that are in front of you or you step out of your comfort zone which is necessary, by the way, to overcome. Listen, every major victory, every major breakthrough, every time I have overcome battles in my life personally, it's always made me uncomfortable. I have never experienced a victory in my comfort zone. It's always been way outside of my comfort zone. In order for us to overcome, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. If it doesn't scare me, I don't want to do it, to be honest with you. If it's something that I can pull off in my own strength, I'm not interested. But if I have to pray my way through it, now I'm at a place that I want to do it because... I have learned that God takes notice when we act in faith. God is impressed with the faith of His people. He's not impressed with comfortable uh, slouches. You know, people just being lazy spiritually or just coasting or just getting along. Going along to getting along. He's impressed with people who step out in faith and they walk out into the unknown to experience the goodness that he has for them. So here they are at the open door of opportunity. And I know many of you are standing at the door of opportunity in your personal lives. Shoot, we're standing at the door of opportunity as a church. We're standing right at the door of opportunity. They're standing right at the entrance to go into the promised land But in order to to step through that opportunity, in order to truly overcome 40 years of just wandering around, maybe maybe your life feels that way a little bit. Like you feel like, man, I got a lot of stuff to overcome. I have a past. I feel like I have 40 years of just wandering around. The children of Israel were in the same spot. But in order for them to step through that door of opportunity, they're going to have to forsake, they're going to have to leave their comfort. They're going to have to step into the unknown. And this is where most people stop. Because they are not willing to pay the price of being uncomfortable. Listen, in order for us to walk through the door of opportunity, in order for us to truly overcome, we will have to leave our comfort behind. So Joshua leaves his comfort behind. He's changed by the power of God. You need to know this about Joshua. Joshua is the real deal. He is on the inside who he is on the outside. The flesh has been cut away. Now they're ready to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. And in verse 13 through 15 of Joshua chapter 5, Joshua actually encounters an angel of the Lord. 
And then the Lord tells Joshua in verse 2 of Joshua chapter 6, he says this, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. I've given you its king and all its strong warriors. When you read Joshua chapter 6, you will quickly understand that it was God who won the battle of Jericho. It's the only city in the Bible that was taken through a very strange plan. Okay, let me tell you just quickly about this plan. God told Joshua to lead the nation of Israel. He said, I want you to march around the city of Jericho once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times. And when you've marched around the seventh time, the priests are going to blow the ram's horns. I don't know if that's what it sounded like, but that's what I picture. And when you hear those horns, I want you and all the people of Israel to shout as loud as you can. I'm not going to demonstrate that, all right? Okay, they're going to shout as loud as they can. And the walls, the mighty walls of Jericho will collapse. So strange, so weird, but so evident, so clear that God won the battle. Listen. Let me summarize it this way. When the flesh is cut away, when we step out of our comfort zone, and when we walk in the Spirit, God will fight the battles for us. And last I checked, God is still undefeated. So I want to finish this morning by asking you a few questions. What sin in your life needs to be cut away? What sin in your life is keeping you from entering your preferred future? Where in your life do you need to step out in faith? Honestly, I think there's some of us who are right on the edge and we know what we need to do, but we're hesitating, we're, we're doubting, we're, we're just not ready to take that step. And I'm here to tell you this morning, some of you need to take a step of faith. And then you will see God do the miraculous. What comforts do you need to leave in the dust? Where is there in your life where you need some discipline to show up? It's like, Justin, man, I just don't have time to, to spend time with God, to be in his word, you know, to, to, to listen to him, uh, you know, through prayer, or to, to talk with him through prayer. I just, I just don't have the time, Justin. Man, what, what comforts are in the way of you spending time with God? Maybe you need to get up earlier. Maybe, maybe you need to go to bed earlier. I mean, what comforts are standing in the way of you relating and fellowshipping and having relationship with the Almighty God? 
And then I need to ask you, are you walking in the Spirit or are you walking in the flesh? I'm going to invite the band to come back up this morning. They're going to close us out this morning just with two songs. And man, we wanted it to be a, a time where the Spirit of God can speak and where you can make decisions, where you can reflect on those questions that I've asked. What sin in your life needs to be cut away? Where in your life do you need to step out in faith? What comforts do you need to leave in the dust? And are you walking in the Spirit or are you walking in the flesh? Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would speak to your people. Show us the steps we need to take. Cut away anything that is blocking our path to you. And when the door of opportunity is wide open, it's now up to us to leave our comfort zones and to walk through. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us now. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning. If you are like, man, I, there's just so much, Justin. Like the Holy Spirit is saying so much to me right now, and I, I just need prayer. I want to invite you to the prayer room. I mean, you can get up from your chair if you're here in person, and you can walk back while we're singing these songs, okay? There's going to be someone in the prayer room that will be there ready to pray with you. If you're watching online this morning and you're like, man, I, I wish I could walk physically into the prayer room, but I can't because I'm online. If you could just make a comment online and we will be in touch with you. We will pray with you. We will pray for you. But I think there's some decisions that need to be made. I think there's some of us who, who we know there's some sin in our life that we don't want to let go of. We want to hold on to it because it's pleasurable. We want to hold on to it because, man, we've just, we've been attached to this brokenness for 40 years. We don't want to let go. There's some decisions you need to make. There's some of us who need to decide to step out in faith. There's some of us who need to decide to leave comforts behind. There's some of us who need to recommit and say, man, I have been walking in the flesh. I haven't even been focused on the things of God. And I, I need to recommit today. I need to make the decision that I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to stay focused on the things of God and not the things of this world, not the things that it's just noise. I'm going to stay focused on God. Maybe you need to make a decision to recommit this morning. So if you're here in person, if you're watching online, I encourage you to make some decisions this morning as we sing. Holy Spirit, have your way.